There comes a moment in every coach's career where you discover this one thing that takes your confidence in your abilities to get your clients' results and the clarity on how you see yourself impacting more people to a completely new level. And in this episode, our guest, Liz Bruner of Bruner Communications, is going to share that one thing that made a huge difference in her career, which from my perspective is also the impetus for thousands of other amazing coaches and thought leaders' careers as well. Liz is a many-time award winner in the world of news and journalism. She used to be the anchor of ABC News in Boston. And in 2013, she launched Bruner Communications, which helps leaders, executives, entrepreneurs, creators, speakers communicate more powerfully by learning her Bruner method. I hope you enjoy today's episode with Ms. Liz Bruner. Welcome to the UpCoach Podcast for modern coaches and creators with your host, Todd Herman. In 20 minutes or less, our goal is to share one big idea that will transform your coaching and your business. So let's get into today's episode. Liz, it's fantastic having you on the UpCoach Podcast. Welcome, and we're excited to uh, dive in to find out what your one thing is. But before we do, I'd love it if you could share with everyone your background, kind of who you serve, and maybe even how you got into the world that you are in of coaching and mentoring and teaching the leaders that you do. Thank you very much, first of all, for having me. And my path has certainly not been a traditional path from the standpoint that I have a degree in music. I'm a classically trained singer. I was a high school music teacher and I sang semi-professionally. And I worked in that profession for a couple of years, but then felt like there was something more I was supposed to do. And so I left, worked in retail. I ended up in television and had a 28-year career in three different markets. I started in Champaign-Urbana, then went to Tampa, Florida, and then most recently in Boston, where I was a news anchor for 20 years here in Boston. And then 10 years ago, I left the television world and launched Bruner Communications. Now, mind you, I had never, ever, Todd, wanted to have my own business, (laughs) But when the industry, the television industry was changing, I felt like there was something, again, more that I could do. And I wanted truly to take what I feel have been the gifts that I've been blessed with, the skills and the expertise that I've honed over this crazy career that I've had, and be able to bring it and share it with other people. So in many respects, I started out as a teacher, and now I'm a teacher and a coach once again. And the theme, if you will, and people say, how did you go from that to this? It's all storytelling, and it's all using your voice. When I was singing, I was singing stories and teaching students how to sing stories. In my television career, I was sharing other people's stories, giving them a platform. As a coach, I'm helping my clients use their voice and learn how to tell their stories. And now, as a keynote speaker and an author, I'm sharing my story. And I have an opportunity to do so today with you. So thank you again. When you're sitting behind the news desk 25 or however many years into your career and you had no kind of major aspirations of going and starting your own business, when you knew that you were kind of coming to the tail end and you were going to be exiting that world, was it because of your interviewing of other people that you saw that this was a real need that you wanted to go and help people with? Like, How did that kind of initial impetus of the thing start for you? 
For two years prior to leaving, I was noticing that the industry was changing so much. And I thought, I'm still young enough. And what could I do? What else might I be able to do? And as I was talking with community leaders, I would ask them, what do you think my skill set is? Their answers were often very entertaining because some would say, well, I see you read the news every night. Trust me, it's more than just reading the news every night. But I began to see that there were a lot of themes that were kind of coming up. And so I had narrowed it down to three paths. I could be some communications expert for a corporation. I could be an executive director for a nonprofit, or I could launch my business and I could teach people about presentation skills, about public speaking, about storytelling, about leadership, and oh yes, let's not forget media training. I shared this sort of three-lane concept with one of my mentors who I'd been confidentially having these conversations with. And he said to me, he goes, Liz, you're well-known, you're well-respected, you have credibility. That is value. Why would you give that value to somebody else? Launch your business. If you don't have any clients in six or nine months or you don't like doing what you're doing, you can always go do something else. Todd, the kaleidoscope went click. I made the decision that day. And I left and launched six weeks later, and I never looked back. And so to be able to share the expertise that I have and the the coaching and the teaching, I love it. It's all storytelling and using your voice and being able to help people feel good about that really means a lot to me. And I've kind of developed a couple of things. Well, I call it Liz's four C's. Number one, you have to have confidence. Number two, you have to know your content. Number three, you have to have clarity of your content. And number four, you have to deliver it in a conversational way. And so being able to help people do that, I see the progress in my clients often before they do. But when they see it, it is the best feeling in the world. And I know you can appreciate that as a coach as well. For sure. Going to your third one, clarity of content. How do you see that? Like, What's the nuance of that little third C in your 4C framework? It's really knowing your content inside and out, backwards and forwards. And it's not using all this industry jargon that a lot of people feel like, well, I have to say these words because I have to sound professional like I'm giving a formal presentation. No, it's really being able to make the content, the story, everything's a story, relatable. How can you connect with your audience? How can you communicate and engage with them? And that's where the clarity comes in. But also then that leads to what I call my Bruner methodology, because how do you know what that content is once you've worked on it? How do you get clarity of that? How do you deliver it in a conversational way that then gives you confidence? I'm not sure which comes first, confidence or conversational, because if you're confident, you're going to sound conversational. If you're conversational, you're going to sound confident. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's a whole bunch of that story that you just unpacked from your past experience to where you are. I could, we could talk for a long time about just even getting your first few clients where you started there. I'm sure it was in the Boston area. Actually, it was New York. My first client was in New York and I saw her the day after I signed off the air. <laughs> really? Yes. Was it accidental? Was it a planned meeting? Or No. A friend of mine who had been one of those mentors said to me, as soon as you're ready to go, because I have someone that I think you should be working with in New York and I'm going to connect you. Yeah. And so I was quietly kind of connecting with her, but I said, I can't do anything until the day after. But then, you know, I was very fortunate. Now my business is going to be 10 years old this month, which just seems shocking to me. But those first five, six, seven years were just, I was on a treadmill that 
was going so fast, working with so many people. I didn't know how I was going to keep up. I didn't know how I could I get off of it, but I loved it because it was just so empowering to see and hear people feel like, wow, I'm making progress on something I didn't know that I could make progress on. Yeah. That's so rewarding. I mean, you hear that often. And I mean, it was the same thing with even myself. Yes. You do love the work because you get to close feedback loops really rapidly when you're nose to nose, toes to toes with people helping them with whether it's developing skill or building an asset, whatever the case is. But then you come out and then you're also the business owner and you're looking at it going, well, this is going to be really <laughs> hard to sustain or how can I build more leverage into this, et cetera. So it's a common path for every single one of us. It's something we think about daily, at least, at least I know I do. It's like, okay, where's, you know, because the work you do too, probably is we work with somebody and then the goal is to kick them out of the nest. Mm-hmm. right? Go fly on your own. But then you wonder, where's the next client going to come from? And as an entrepreneur, you can appreciate this. It's something I'm still learning how to get used to is you are going to have those peaks and valleys. You are going to have them and you have to learn how to ride them. Yeah. Figuring out that business model is, uh, well, it's just a part of the process for all of us. It is. So now let's get to your one thing then. When you take a look at the career that you've had in the last decade now as a coach and mentor and teacher and trainer and consultant to the people and helping them to become more powerful communicators. What's been the one thing that you can point to that's made a really big impact then on your ability to work with your clients? There are a lot of elements that go into this, but I've developed a methodology that I know works. I use it. My clients who use it say, wow, this works. Take whatever remarks you have, whatever presentation you have, whatever pitch you have. And once you've gotten that content down and you have clarity of that content, whether it's two minutes or 20 minutes, I recommend you divide it into sections. Let's use four sections as an example. I believe that when you practice section four first, by itself, out loud, and then you go to section three. And you do that one by itself, out loud, record yourself. What do you sound like? Does it make sense? Then you can go to section two. And these may not happen on the same day. They could be one day you do section four, the next day you do section three. It depends on how much time you have. And then you finally get to the beginning and you can go to one, two, three, and four. Now, what happens there is several things. First of all, there's a muscle memory that happens between your brain and your mouth when you practice out loud and record yourself. Number two, let's say section three, when you're practicing that one by itself, you realize, wait a minute, my content is not clear enough. I don't have enough clarity. I'm not able to deliver in a conversational way. My sentences are too long. I'm not making any sense. So you fix that, just that little section. And then now you've really enhanced it. And the other thing that happens is if people even practice at all out loud and they practice from, you know, one, two, three, four, you start out strong with your energy and then you're kind of in the middle and your energy dips a little bit. You're now in two and three and, oh, I'm coming home. I'm coming home to section four and your energy picks up again. When you practice backwards, your brain thinks that when you get to section two and then you get to section three and then you get to section four, that you're back at the beginning because you practiced it as its own separate little entity, like it's its own little story, its own little speech. 
And again, that's where the muscle memory comes into play. So your energy stays high from the beginning to the middle to the end. And so that's what I like about it. And what was interesting was I wasn't really sure how I came up with this method. All I knew was that it really worked because I used it and my clients use it. Yeah. And a client did ask me one day and he said, how did you come up with this? Was it because of your musical background? And I said, I think you're right. Because as a musician and singing in chorales and touring Europe, we didn't go through the pieces that we were singing always from the beginning to the end. Sometimes we would practice the end first. Sometimes we'd practice the middle first. We were all over the place and then we would put it all together. So it makes perfect sense to me that that's probably where that came from unconsciously. The good news is it works. I share that with everybody. Bruner methodology for practicing it works. <laughs> Practice backwards. <laughs> well, the thing that I like about it is, and I think what happens is as human beings, we do have some anchor models that are sort of built into all of us in our humanness. And this whole end in mind thinking. If you hear Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger talk about first principles things, if you talk to any great project manager, if you take a look at any of the best coaches in football or soccer is typically we want to start with the end because when we know what success looks like, how we're going to end this thing. So the fourth quarter, how do we end the fourth quarter? How are we going to end this game? And we break things up. It's very much a meta model that we all kind of have baked into us. Some people can't find it as quickly, but I find that the best of the best when it comes to creating methods like you did end up getting to that place eventually where it sort of maps over top of some first principles base thing that's kind of a common thread that's found in whether it's nature or you know some sort of scientific discipline that's out there. So would you say then beyond, I mean, it's funny that you had brought up your four C's beforehand because even for you, because you had mentioned that even you became more confident when you had this method, which actually kind of speaks to your two middle C's. You had your content and then you had clarity on your content, which is kind of, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but it's like some people can have their content, but they don't even know why the magic is in there and why it works. And now that you do know the magic of why it works, you can deliver it with even more confidence and then it makes you even more conversational. So, you know, there is this kind of figure eight thing that kind of weaves itself all the way through. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And when you also think about it, when I'm working with clients on how to put their content together, and again, any content to me is storytelling. And it has an open, it has a middle, and it has a close. And a lot of people think that they need to start at the beginning. I always say, start at the end. To your point, what do you want the fourth quarter to look like? What do you want the end game to look like? What is the goal of the remarks that you're sharing? Why should people even listen to you? What's in it for them? What's in it for them? And when you figure that out, to me, then you can begin to figure out how you want to begin. Yeah. Because that's the most important information. And let's face it, in the world that we live in today, time is of the essence. People's attention spans are so short. You got to capture people right away. You can't have this big, long wind up of, well, let me tell you about our mission and this and that. I'm not saying that's not important, but it's not how you begin. So think of the end in mind. Think of the fourth quarter. Think of the presentation. Start with the end and then work your way to the beginning. If I was to peel this away from specifically the Bruner method, like your one thing that's kind of helped you make a big impact in the work that you do. It's actually defining a method. 
basically. It's like coming up with, hey, I found my method of how I can take my clients who have a desire to become more memorable, more powerful, more influential in their communication style. I came to them with a method. And, you know, it's the thing that when I was first starting out in coaching, I could never, back in 1997, I actually just celebrated my 27th year in this world. Bravo. <laughs> long before coaching was an industry. And I knew I was good at one-on-one coaching, but the entire time in the back of my head, because I knew what my aspirations were and the impact that I wanted to go and make, I'm like, what's the method? Because I, I talked to this one client over here about this one thing. And then I talked to this one over here and it's a little bit different. And it took me quite a while. But then once I found what my one method was, and then eventually I built more and more frameworks over time, which then ended up building a training company and et cetera it did make a huge difference. And it's great that you came on today and shared that that's one of your first things because no one has come on yet to talk about that one major nuance is once you find that one method, that can make a huge difference in the results you get clients, how you see your ability to kind of scale this thing to more people possibly, et cetera. So have you found that that spurred you on to another plateau then once you kind of found that framework for yourself? I don't know if it necessarily spurred me onto another plateau because I feel like I had a lot of that already. I just didn't even know that I was doing it until I started doing it. And then when I started sharing it with clients, I guess to your point, yes, maybe then that did take me to another plateau, but it was more about taking them to another plateau mm -hmm. and being able to share with them how to get there. Yeah. So that's exciting. But then when you brought it up to your clients, did you call it the Bruner method with them? Because sometimes we need to give, we call it giving them a handle, giving them a product handle or a name makes it easier for them to pass it off to someone else and say, Hey, I just got done working with this amazing lady, Liz or Bruner communications. And she gave me this fantastic method. That's making me more powerful in the boardroom or whatever. So like, would you say that that's been a part of your experience then too? Like the referability rate has made it easier for people to talk about your stuff. I believe that is true because I've had clients come back to me and say, you know, I use the Bruner method all the time and I told so-and-so about it. I'm like, great, <laughs> spread the word, yeah. spread the word because it's all communication and it's all about trying to connect and communicate and engage with an audience, whether it's one person, 10 people, thousands of people. So if it works and I know it works because I use it and other of my clients have used it, you know, it is a little weird at first. You feel strange doing it, but you know what? There's a practice, there's a method. And let's face it, when you think about athletes, for example, they do crazy things sometimes to get better at one particular skill. So this is going to help you get better at one particular skill. Before we wrap up, I'm going to go a little bit off script. Good. And it's because of your one C in your four C's about conversational. I'm curious because I've got some other friends that are in media and television and, and whatnot. I'm wondering if one of your most viral or most talked about moments when you were a on television, you know, reading the script and doing the, the news program was when there was a conversational banter between like just joking around on set, like there was a light moment because I feel like, you know, news anchors, you've got such a great polished look, the hair that's perfectly coiffed and you're reading the news and it's serious or it's <laughs> whatever. But then I love those moments when it's almost like they're breaking the fourth wall, so to speak, where they're bantering back and forth. I'm wondering if you ever experienced that with your listeners where like the most emailed in moment of your career was when there was some lighthearted banter or something funny happened on the set? 
which gets to your whole point about being conversational. Of course. And those are some of the most wonderful, fun things that happen when there is a little breathing room, a little bit of breathing room, whether it's tossing to the weather person, tossing to the sports person, or ending a show. And I'll I'll share a funny story with you because it just exemplifies what you're talking about. We were doing a story, my co-anchor and I, on the morning newscast, and it was about, there was a movie being produced in Boston. They were inviting extras to come down to the TD Garden to fill the garden. And my co-anchor, I'm reading the story, and now it's the end of the newscast. It's the last kicker story, as we call it. And he gets up from his chair off camera, pretending like he's going to go down and become an extra for the movie. But then when he went to sit back down, unbeknownst to him at that moment, was that his chair had rolled away So when he went to sit down, he literally fell flat on the ground, legs up in the air, (laughs) and he's laughing hysterically. And now the camera's back on me. Jim's not at his seat. And I turned and I said, we've lost Jim. (laughs) And he was down on the floor laughing. I said, don't worry, folks. He's okay. And I turned to the weather guy. I said, and what is the weather going to be this weekend? People loved that. Yeah. People absolutely loved that. And I kept having to say at the end of the show, don't worry, Jim is fine. He couldn't get up. He was just laughing too hard. But it's those fun moments that you are conversational, you are real. And there were many of them. I mean, I could go on for days about stories like that. Oh, for sure. If there's anything I've learned is that teachers, nurses, and uh, people in the news media have some of the funniest stories that you just don't hear that often. And one of the reasons I also wanted to bring that up is because One of the, I think, heavy weights that people that are thought leaders or coaches or experts kind of will unwittingly wear is because you want to give off this air of professionalism, you don't humanize yourself and then it makes it difficult for people to connect with you. That's why when you first talked about your your four C's and being very conversational, you know, people have over the years given me or not given me a hard time about it. But I say like, listen, I'm a farm and ranch kid from Alberta, Canada. And I can operate in the Goldman Sachs boardroom. And then you can take me out to an oil field in, you know, middle of Oklahoma and I'll operate there fine because I find that speaking colloquially, which is what I pick up from, I don't, I'm not different in the boardroom. I mean, one of the most viral moments for me from the outside perspective was when I was in the Goldman Sachs boardroom, I had two little girls at the time, I dropped my pen off the table and I said, whoops, a daisy. And it just came out because I just say it all the time at home. And I just started dying laughing when I was leaning down. I'm like, that's such a random thing. And I picked it back up and put it down. I'm like, well, today's a whoopsie daisy day. And there's four other executives from Goldman Sachs and they all just started dying. And we all just started talking about our kids. And it like, you know, the deal got done. And we just started talking about funny things that we've all said because our kids gave it to us and whatnot. So I love that you're sharing that conversational tone with other people. And I'm just trying to you know, relate this to other people that are listening is don't try and be too polished on all your video and all your content, because this is the stuff that actually hooks and brings people in and warms you up to them. It's that authenticity that, you know, yes, was I sort of guarded because I had a job to do. I still was emotional. I allowed emotion to come in with the stories that I was sharing. You know, you want to be professional, but the more that you can relate, the more that you can be conversational, the better. And perhaps the best compliment I think I ever, ever got when I was on the air was someone said to me one day, I know you have to deliver bad news to us, 
but somehow coming from you, I feel like everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And what that shared with me was they saw me. I wasn't just news anchor Liz Bruner. I was me. And that was a really special moment. That's a great way to end it. Liz, thank you so much for coming in and sharing, you know, a part of your journey of success with everyone. Before you go, where can people go learn more about you and where's your kind of home base on the interwebs? Oh, thank you so much for asking. First of all, my website, lizbruner.com. That's L-I-Z-B-R-U-N-N-E-R.com. You'll learn all about my keynote speaking, my coaching, and my book, Dare to Own You, Taking Your Authenticity and Dreams into Your Next Chapter. So that's the best place you can connect with me. But I'm also on social media. I'm on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. And I think I'm about to go on Pinterest as well. So (laughs) you can find me all over the world if you really want to. And I appreciate people checking it out. And I appreciate you asking and having me on today. It's been fun. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the UpCoach podcast with your host, Todd Herman. I hope you got a lot of value from today's episode. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. You get notified when we drop our next episode every week. Just type in the UpCoach podcast in the search and click the subscribe button on your favorite listening platform. And a review, a little snar rating, wouldn't hurt. And finally, all the show notes, tips, links shared, and the transcript is over at upcoach.com slash podcast, where you can also get your free trial for our modern transformation platform, specifically built for coaches and creators that care. The UpCoach podcast is produced by our friends at Ventures FM. Now that's all for this episode. We'll see you next time. And of course, keep on coaching.